campus. Gambling Absolutely. in Vegas. Yes, up. In Vegas and gambling down in Atlantic City. In Vegas, if you can afford it, you can do whatever you want. And there's no one to criticize you, anything yeah. else like that. Down there, you have down in Atlantic City, you have old women fighting over nickel slot machines. This is true. <laughs> okay, this, like, is this is true. This is the reality of our society they're, they're, today. They're bumping yeah. each other with those little like motorized, you know, like carts. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to get out of the spot, you know. We, we should we yeah, should start yeah. making uh, gambling specific wheelchairs. Maybe when oh yeah, with yeah. things that to clear people ama- out of your way. Wheelchair good, yeah. fights. Oh my god, yeah, this is exactly. All around it, and you know, yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. The people listening to us at the senior citizens' homes are going, "Damn, these guys! They're, like, they're, they're good. They're good. <laughs> Jerks! Where can I buy one of them?" <laughs> That's what they're saying. Are you kidding me? They rush. They form lines to get on the bus. To get, I think it'd be a big seller. Is that true? Change Atlantic City. Do, do, do the elderly still gamble like that in Atlantic City? Uh, I think so. People still go there and gamble. Yeah, I so think so. It's, they're still open. Well, there's like five casinos, though, so it's not all that open. When it gets down to one, then we'll worry about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five, five so decent we're, not, we're not worried when it came down from 20, like three years ago. Nah, right? Yeah. No, right. I just I just find it funny is like, um, like I said, like in Vegas, you'll find those people sitting there saying, how much did you win tonight? I want seven grand, man. I want yeah. seven grand on I three hands of blackjack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah, you, you're crap. in Vegas, you hear the old woman sitting there saying, I want four dollars in uh-huh. that nickel machine <laughs> over there. <laughs> this was a very good, and I got a coupon for a free lunch. For the early bird. The early Only bird special. Only for the early you know, bird. It's a buffet, too, so they're good to go. Oh, yeah. All the food right there. Dude, don't knock buffets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a buffet guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock buffets. Yeah, you have to remember how old I am, so I'm like at that point where I'm like, oh, my God, it's six ninety nine for the buffet. That's <laughs> oh, such man, a great man. deal. Are you a buffet guy, Mike? No, not at all. Not really? at all. Nah. all right. I think everybody deep down is their own type of buffet guy. Like, I can oh, go to those no. hibachi, to go to hibachi buffet for lunch in Wayne. It's yeah, like seven ninety yeah. nine, and you can... Yeah. I'm not going to... No, you know what? Not for nothing. Last three times I there, they suck, so I'm not going to give them... A See? Like, there you go. That goes... That go, uh, but usually yeah, they're so inconsistent. That, that place... Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. not for nothing. When you have food that's sitting there for, like... You don't know. Three and a half hours on yeah. end, that's... That's, that's, the, that's my point with, that, with the buffets. That's why I'm so weary of going on... Uh, going well, to let's, let's ask our next guest. Let's what, do that. What, let's welcome in a uh, former NBA player. He does the voice... He's one of the voices over UCLA basketball. Tracy Murray. Tracy, how are you doing today, buddy? Good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming on. We always appreciate it. You have Vegas Mike. You have uh, Steve Spanup, and I think Vegas Mike doesn't like the fact that he's now known as Vegas Mike. Right, he's going to hobby Mike when he started. It. <laughs> nah, either way, either way. Okay, so Trace, real quick, just to end our part of our conversation here, uh, out in Los Angeles, are there buffets? Buffets. There are a couple of buffets, um, but I think they're more or less buffets. Okay. You know, that you can get anywhere. It's not, I don't think there's any that are like in Las Vegas or something like that. Okay. Are, are you a buffet kind of guy? Not really. All right. There not we go. Really because if, 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 if I go to too many buffets, I'll be about 400 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. well you're, you're a press room food type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it depends on what it is. Okay. Because the UCLA press room, you know what? I'll be 300 pounds eating their stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's playing pizza, man. I can't keep eating that. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's fair. Now, again, now let's talk about something that does what, you know what every basketball player's appetite is in the NBA playoffs. I know you've you've been there. What is preparation for the NBA playoffs like? It's a pretty much a shutdown from the rest of the world, and as you and your team is a bunker mentality. Um, even if you have a family, I mean, they have to understand just to leave you alone until it's over. It's, it's got to be that type of laser focus, that type of conserving your energy. Um, 
and really zero in at the task at hand. And um, Tracy, why were we talking about food? Um, not to go back to the crazy topic of it, but I mean, what would you eat throughout the playoffs? Do you say do you stay consistent throughout the uh, whole year, or do you change games, your diet? Before, before games, it was it was um, back then when you can burn it off. It was, <laughs> it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it, it was pastas and, and proteins. Yeah, and and uh, veggies. Now, when you can't burn it off, it's it's, it's more or less. Uh, veggies and and uh at least get some protein but it's for me i can't have too much so it's like grilled chicken type dishes right i mean right, yeah, right. very boring dishes. salmon yeah yeah salmon like that. <laughs> just just boring that's I, it i eat fruit fruit and vegetables stuff like that i can't i can't have too much bread or pastas or anything like that because it'll, i'll pack on the pounds quick and also with uh, playoff preparations, is there anything done differently in practice compared to regular season practices? Well, I think less on the court as far as getting up and down and more of tact- and, and things to work on and, and, and uh, work on tendencies of the players that you're playing against. A lot of videotape watching, uh, you know, you have a video breakdown of, of everybody you're going to guard and uh, plays they like to run, actions they like to execute. Um, it, it'd be very detailed, the stuff on the court. It, I mean, it, it's going there's, to – there's been so much on your body up until this point going to be putting people on the, on the court and, and, and killing them at this point. It's just basically walkthroughs, videos, get shots up, be ready to go. Yeah, I can see coaches want to save the energy. Can, you know, you want to over-consume that, um, overuse that energy uh, from the players. You want to you save that. But uh, either, even so, though, do, do, do coaches tend to over-coach in, in games, or is it pretty much the same kind of regiment in the game for the playoffs and regular season? Well, I, I think it depends on the coach. Those who have been there and done that and won championships, they know situations to succeed and, and, and let the players win the game. And those who haven't been there and don't really know and a little excited to be there, they might overcoach the situation a little bit. Talk to us also about, obviously, a story that was coming out of UCLA this year was the Ball family. What is happening now? I know that he declared for the uh, NBA draft. Is this story a lot about nothing, or is this one of those things where it's uh, like a, a little turning into a sideshow instead of about basketball? It has to, and it's been more about LeBron and what he's saying instead of Lonzo's talent. Uh, and and what, I, what I think is it's our fault as the media. We give people a platform, and they take advantage of it. And this is a situation where Lonzo is the quiet, reserved, conservative, um, doesn't bother on himself type of guy, you know. And his dad's trying to build a brand. So his dad is sell, 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 say some crazy things every now and then. And then all of a sudden, the attention is now on the balls one way or another, whether it's Lonzo's play or the kids play in high school or LeVar saying things when their buzz kind of dies out a little bit, he'll say something to bring that attention back to that family. So he's building a brand his way. Not necessarily sure if it's the right way he's doing it, but it's his way. So you can't fault him for doing it his way, you know. One of the things that's very interesting about the whole thing was, like you said, LeBron's getting involved. You got to watch ball all season long. Is he an NBA-caliber player that's going to be able to come in and make a difference right away? I I say yes. I think his game transfers over because of the fact that he makes everybody around him better. 
Of course, his offensive skills are going to catch up. He's going to learn how to play defense on that level. His body is going to mature, and he's going to get strong enough to where he'll be able to hold his ground and use his body better. And that comes with the first couple of years of getting in there and, and, and understanding what's going on. But right away, he's going to up the floor. And for those who like being in a home run trot after taking a, a you know, night, making a basket or a, or those who like to pause and beat their chest after dunking the basketball, the ball is coming in and it's coming right back up your back. So you got to be ready to get back on defense and, and get to open guys and form a wall and keep him out of the paint because he's going to come right back at you. We're talking with Tracy Murray here uh, off topic, powered by Backs. Uh, Tracy, last last couple questions for you because I know you got to run. Uh, again, you've been in the playoffs. You know you know what it's about. What is if you had to pick a dark horse besides the two favorites to make the finals? Who would it be? A dark horse in the East. The dark horse would be Boston. And in the West, if you want to really pick a dark horse, Houston. Mm. They have a lot of. Um, scoring and firepower and, and uh, Harden is playing at a level, a high level, and he's making his teammates better around him. The addition to Lou Williams really helped him. Um, so I, I say if you want to pick a dark horse, I, I think the favorites clearly in the East is Cleveland. West is Golden State. And if you don't go with Golden State, it's San Antonio. Right. But if you want to pick dark horses, it's, it's either the Celtics or, or the uh the Houston Rockets. That would be something if both if if Cleveland and Golden State somehow got knocked out. Both teams. Yeah, yeah. That would be something. It'd make it compelling. It would be something, but it, it's it's tough because in a seven game series, I can't mm. see anybody beating them. If it was an NCAA March Madness type of deal where you there's one game, there's always a possibility of getting knocked off in one game. But in a seven game series, I can't see anybody beating those two teams. Yeah, you have to outbeat one of these teams uh, in the best of seven series. I mean, it's tough. That's that's it's really hard. The, uh, the only way, that, the only thing that can get in the way is injury. Yeah, yeah, barring a big injury to one of the teams. Tracy, uh, right. w- moving um, moving forward in, in the NBA, still though, um, a little bit on the outside of the season. Do you have any uh, opinion about the MVP race? I, 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 yeah, I do have a. You know, people may think I'm biased because uh, he's a Bruin, but I, I think Westbrook has. You know, the average of triple-double during the year, to break Oscar Robertson's record of uh, 42 uh, triple-doubles in, in, in the season, he's doing this with with not the same talent that a Kawhi or a James Harden has around them. He's doing this with less talent. And, you know, so he's clearly, to me, the, the MVP of this season because of what he's doing with the guys on his team compared to the other guys that have more talent with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fair to say he's been really exciting throughout the year, especially with all the triple doubles. But oh, I mean, yeah. he's, he plays with fire. He plays it with that same energy every game. And you sit here wondering, when is that going to burn out? Mm-hmm. Because it's hard to sustain that type of energy and yeah. effort and, and, and intensity for the whole season yeah. plus playoffs. And he plays that way in the preseason too. Yeah, and, uh, he's just an animal, man. And you just gotta you gotta tip your hat off to to the way he plays. And, and he's a throwback to the old school of guys that play extremely hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you can tell, right? I mean, he's he anytime he's in the game, he's never taking a minute off. You, I mean, he's no, going hard every he second. 
Uh, doesn't. He cares about where where the game is. He cares about getting better. He has a lot of pride. He was always an underdog. No one was talking about him when he came out of high school. They were talking about Darrell Wright. Yeah. Darrell Wright came right out of high school. That was his teammate. Came right out of high school to the NBA. And Westbrook was, was the underdog. No one was talking about him. He loves that role, the underdog. He really does. Yeah, I think he course. fits him. And um, you're jokingly around. Now, now I can joke with you a little bit, Trace. Uh, you and I both big uh, wrestling fans. WrestleMania, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, I thought it was going to be a little bit better. Okay. Um, one thing I'm going to comment on about the about the, the WrestleMania is of a icon. That's your buddy. Uh, the, uh, oh yeah, Mark. Mark is one of my buddies. Um, the Undertaker, his character will never ever be duplicated. He'll um, never die. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, He's he's walking away and he's walking away for good and and, and uh, thank goodness for the WWE network they get to see how great his character was and uh, <clears throat> I'm happy for him on a personal level because he gets to be around his kids and his family and 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 uh, get the necessary surgeries that he needs to where he can live a quality life because uh, that that business man is is no different than the athletic world you know they're they're all former athletes and and they beat their bodies up just like we do. And uh, I'm, I'm happy that he's going to be able to relax a little bit. We can get out on the golf course and swing a club and, and have a good time, man. Uh, he deserves it. He's put in his time. He's put in the work. Uh, when he left the business, he, he gave his all to that business. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really proud of him, and I'm happy that, that he finally gets a chance to hang him up. And it was sad watching him go through the end of that, you know, little ritual he's doing, uh, leaving that, his, his gear in the ring and, you know that's that's a symbolism of that. Hey, I left it on here. Yeah, I have no more to give. Yeah. And and I, I thought he, he, you know, he's that to me. That was the highlight of WrestleMania. Now, as oh, I just I want to tell Steve this story. I texted you a few weeks back saying you got to come to New York and go to see WWE with me at the Garden. And what was your reaction? <laughs> 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 Tracy, thanks for uh, coming on and giving us a few minutes of your time. We had a lot of fun. And uh, listen, we'll, be, we'll definitely be in contact during the playoffs. And, uh, no you know, problem. And, uh, you know, 
Enjoy enjoy the games this weekend. No problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks right, a lot, thanks, man. Trace. Always a good dude. Definitely, uh, definitely a good dude. Like Tracy and I have the reaction he you know I was looking for was when I texted him about coming to New York, he's like, Hell no, my goes, my wife would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the reaction that you yeah, know, yeah. So, I, touch on upon uh, the subject of the MVP again. Uh a little bit more on that with him. I want to talk a little bit about Le- LeBron. I mean, is it fair that this guy doesn't get the MVP every year? I think the – I don't know about every year, but if you look at the Cleveland Cavaliers right now I – mean, He's the best player in the NBA yeah, every year. Even if with – Until if, he's not. Until Kevin – even with Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving on the court, you take LeBron off that team. Yeah. They still win games, but they're not winning. Are they winning anything close to what they, where they're at? I mean, no. If no, you put him on any team, they're that much better, right? Right. I think I, – I, I mean, that's what I feel about him, you know, in that, in that position. I feel that was something very interesting too. Last night it was one of. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. One I mean, of the, one of the other teams was uh, Miami. Obviously, LeBron's 